0: Well, good morning, everyone. You're stuck with me again. Um, it, my name is Dave. Mc, oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, my name is Dave McMinn, and uh, uh, Pastor Aaron was supposed to preach today, but she is not feeling very great. So we send our love and prayers to her, and please, Neil, take that home with her and tell her how much we care for her. Uh, she's a good friend and uh, a great leader in this church, and and we appreciate her. And um, but you know, when I'm called, I'll step in, and so. So today we're talking about idolatry and what that means for us today. So I looked up in the dictionary about what, what, what is the definition of an idol, because that's not something, that's not a normal thing that people talk about. Like when I think of idols, I think those little statues, you know, that people back in the day used to carry around, they thought were gods. But that's not what we're talking about, I don't think. So an idol is an object or of extreme devotion, a representation or a symbol of extreme worship, and broadly, an idol is a false god, an imposter, a visible form without life. Another way I've heard it described is when we give eternal value to things that are of temporal value. So when we put things of this world of a value above that of what God is for us. So I started thinking okay, what would be a great example? What is, David, what is something that you spend a lot of time doing, especially on a Sunday morning? or Sunday afternoon, uh, you listen to podcast about that you give a lot of time to, and then I realized, oh yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. In fact, that's what I'll be doing after this, is watching the Dallas Cowboys uh, beat the Chicago Bears. Sorry, Jim. Um, But all joking aside, if you think about, if I think about my life, the amount of energy and thought and effort I put into sports. The Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Longhorns, the the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Mavericks. And I compare that to the amount of time and energy that I spend in my relationship with God. At the very least, it's something that is closer than I'd like to admit. (laughs) And at the worst, is probably something that maybe my attention to sports needs to go down and my attention to God needs to go up. And and so that's something about idols that are that are really interesting, is I always say you can't accidentally like, you know. Some people think that by, you know, Halloween is a good example. Some, there's, there's some Christians like, oh, you can accidentally, you know, invite something evil into your life. You really can't do that. But an idol, an idol is something that you accidentally can fall yourself into by giving a lot of energy and effort into things that are just not worth it. When really our energy and our time should be with God and the things of God and our relationships with one another. But back then, the story we're going to look at today, it was a literal, this is the story of the literal golden calf. And I love what N.T. Wright says, that sin is not actually the problem. Sin is not actually a problem, but idol worship is the true root problem of everything we have. Because when we worship things, we start to reflect those things. And if we worship God, we reflect the good in the world, right? We reflect God's love and justice and peace and all of those things that God talks about, gentleness, kindness. But when we begin to worship things that are not God, we reflect those things in the world. We need money to live. That's, it. That's just part of our world. But when we worship money, we become greedy. We need relationships, right? But when we worship relationships, when we worship relationships, we start to have unhealthy ones, codependency and things like that. It's important to take care of yourself. Self-care is great. You know, thinking about what you want to do in life and what you're passionate about and what, what is important to you, those are important. But When you put the self before God and others, that is when it becomes an idol. There's so many things, money, love, self-reliance, political ideology, desire, time, being right, and even religion itself can be an idol. In fact, that's actually what happens in the story is when we see the golden calf here in a minute, they make it as a representation of Yahweh. It becomes a religious thing for them, but it replaces the true worship of who God is. And so that's what idolatry is for us today. The kind of idolatry that's really sneaky is when we replace true worship with God with worship of things that do not have that eternal value. And then that leads to death and destruction in our life because of sin. So today we say enough idols. Our scripture this morning comes from Exodus chapter 31 verses 1 through 14, and this is what it says. The people saw that Moses was taking a long time to come down from the mountain. This is when Moses had gone up the mountain to receive the law, the Ten Commandments. They'd been wandering around the desert. God had already defeated uh, Egypt, and now they were waiting on the law, the covenant, and Moses was talking with God. They gathered around Aaron and they said to him, come on, make us gods who lead us. As for this man Moses who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't have a clue what has happened to him. Aaron said to them, all right, take out the gold rings, the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people took out the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He collected them and tied them up in a cloth and then he made a metal image of a bull calf. And the people cried, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf. Then Aaron announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord, or to Yahweh. And they got up early the next day and offered up an entirely burnt offering and brought well-being sacrifice. then the people sat down to eat and drink and then got up to celebrate. We're going to go on in the scripture, but I want to stop there for just a moment. So the people are bored. They're like, why is it taking so long? Moses had only been up there for 40 days. There were two periods of 40 days. But they're so quickly bored, which is amazing because God has done amazing things in their life, right? They've seen extraordinary things. This is not like, oh, they believe in a God in some kind of random sense. No, God is literally dwelling with them, and they are already distracted by just a short period of time. They've seen God defeat the Egyptians. They've seen these, the plague, the ten plagues. They've seen the, the crossing of the sea and, and God bringing down the sea on the chariots of the Pharaoh. And yet they are already bored. They are already impatient and they want to already move on with their life. And that's one of the first things we learn about idols is we as humans are easily distracted. Even when we know that God has worked miraculous ways and powerful ways in our life, we are easily distracted by the baubles of this world. It doesn't take much. And I think even more today, this is a reality, as we are a hyper-media society. The second thing I have to say is, what the heck is Aaron doing? He was left in charge. It's not like a big argument with Aaron, you know? They just show up, hey, Aaron, make us a golden calf. And he's like, "Ah, sure, why not? What are you doing, Aaron? You're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be leading them in the right direction, and you know, he doesn't even say, Well, I think Moses will be back in just a minute. No, he just gives me your gold. I'm going to make you a golden calf. Now, it is interesting that they want a God, and it's, it, it's so amazing because I think this is so true in our life that we have a God who's active and powerful in our life, and what we want is a golden calf. Because a golden calf doesn't ask anything from you, right? And I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is a free gift, but God does want a lot from us. God wants our life, our adoration, our affection, our commitment, uh, our actions, and how we live out in this world. God wants a lot, but a golden calf doesn't want anything. You can worship it on Sunday and then go about the rest of your life throughout the week. And so they want a golden calf, but Aaron might have been scared and been like, okay, well, if I don't make them the golden calf, maybe they'll beat me up or kill me. So I'll make a golden calf, but I'll make it look like they're worshiping the golden calf and they'll really be worshiping Yahweh. Because he's like, that's actually the word to use. We're going to make a festival to the Lord and it's going to be through this calf. Meanwhile, Moses up on the mountain where God is literally saying, you shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make images of me. Like they're really messing up here. They won. They're messing up. But yeah, just think about that. Sometimes our leaders are people who lead us astray. And so it's really easy to allow this idolatry to come in our life, to give value, to godly value to ungodly things because they're shiny and they can look really pretty. It's easy to justify work or family. These are good things, and they're important things. It's easy to justify them over God. It's easy to justify self interest. Our whole society tells us that it's all about you and what you need and what you want. We were, this was just kind of a random thing. We were in Wendy's this week, and they had the news up, and they were talking about Tom Brady and Giselle getting a divorce, which I guess is big news. I really don't care about celebrities, <laughs> they don't have lives that I think are honorable or worth, worth following, but apparently a lot of people care. I mean, it's sad, it's a tragedy. I feel sorry for their kids, especially. But the, one of the anchors got on there, and she goes, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate. And, you know, Tom Brady is a competitor, and, and he needs to be his true self. He needs to be able to play football because apparently that's why they're getting a divorce is because they're like, they agreed that this was going to be the time that they were going to focus on Giselle and their marriage, and he was going to come home, and she could focus on her career because she's every bit as successful as he is and had focused more on the kids and the family, and he had focused on football. And so he kind of broke that promise, and she was like, well, you know, would he truly be his full self if he didn't have that comp- something to compete for, something to live for? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? You made a commitment in your marriage. You've got to figure out how to make this work, right? This isn't something you get to do just because you feel one way or maybe you don't feel like yourself. I get it. We need to have things that we're passionate about, but you also should be passionate about your family <laughs> and all of those things, too. It's not just about yourself, but it's easy to have an idol of yourself because that's what our society says. Whatever you want, whatever you desire, whatever you need is more important than the neighbor. That's not Jesus, and that's not Christian at all. God's like, focus on what God is calling you to do. Focus on what the community needs. Focus on what the world needs together, and you'll find yourself in that. So I thought that was really interesting as we talk about idolatry. But the important thing is that idolatry separates us from God. Instead of anxiously waiting for this covenant God is going to make for them, they turn to a golden calf. And let's see God's response. So This is up on the mountain. The Lord said to Moses, hurry up and go down. Your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, I love this, Uh, this feels like a a fight between a spouse, like those are your kids. (laughs) (laughs) They're ruining everything. They've already abandoned the path that I commanded them. They've made a metal bull calf for themselves. They've bound down to it and offered sacrifices and declared, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I've been watching these people and I've seen how stubborn they are. Now leave me alone. Let my fury burn and devour them. Then I'll make a great nation out of you. Now this is really interesting. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God, Lord, why does your fury burn against your your own people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and amazing force? Why should the Egyptians say he had an evil plan to take the people out and kill them? Kill them in the mountains and so wipe them from the earth. Calm down your fierce anger. Change your mind about doing terrible things to your people. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, your servants whom you yourself promised. I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky. And I promise to give your descendants this whole land to possess for all time. Then the Lord changed his mind about the terrible things he would do to his people. Now he would hold them Accountable, but that's a story for another day. But I find that last part really interesting. Moses is able to argue on behalf of the people, and God changes God's own mind. That's not really what we're talking about today, just something interesting. So, idolatry is worship of things that are not of God, and it is something that makes God very angry. In fact, this is the Israelite sin over and over, the thing they struggle with continually. Now, I, I've read some scholars that say that they weren't necessarily, it was kind of similar to this, they weren't necessarily replacing God with other gods necessarily, but they were worshiping God alongside other gods. But this is the thing that will lead, eventually lead them to exile, because it causes this separation between us and God. But God takes idolatry seriously, because it, God knows it's kind of the root of all of our problems. When we worship things that are not God, it leads to sin because we reflect those things in the world, and then we lead, leads to death and destruction for ourselves and for other people. So God takes that seriously. But this story also tells us that God is willing to forgive. That if we confess our sins, that God is willing to call us back into relationship, no matter how bad those choices may be. So the root of idolatry starts way back in the first story, right? Adam and Eve, in the garden. There's two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now they're told that they are allowed to eat from any tree, any fruit of any tree, which means they were eating from the tree of life, which likely means that they had eternal life while they were with God in the garden. They're told there's one tree you can't you can't eat from, and that is a tree of knowledge and good and evil. And there's some serpent in there and the serpent convinces them to eat from it. it was like, you, You had one job, right? One job not to eat from that tree. And I truly believe that that story is really also about idolatry. It's about control. Who is truly in charge of your life? Who is truly in charge of this world? Because just as Neil said, God gave us the responsibility, the honor to serve and to rule the earth. But we're doing it for God, and we're doing it like God. Adam and Eve make the choice. They say, no, we're going to do it. And we're going to do it on our terms, not on your terms, God. And that is what our idolatry is. That's the root of idolatry in our world. So we get distracted by all the shiny things. And I think we have never been more distracted than we are today. Is anybody else kind of itching to check their notifications? And they're, and they're, yeah, right? I mean, this is a reality. The iPhone has been designed... Is what they think when they're making these pieces of technology, they want you to look at your phone. All those red little notifications that that you feel compelled to answer, that's on purpose. It's designed in such a way to make you feel good for using it. Social media is the same way. TikTok is one of the popular social medias today. It has algorithms that give you what you want, give you what you want, and it wants you to break it down like entertainment into like little bite-sized, so you just constantly do this. Now, I, I don't want to, I'm not anti-technology, I'm not anti-TikTok, all I am saying is we have so many things that are distracting us. They need to be put in their proper place of what they are, but we have elevated them to a place of an idol. We spend more time on our phones and on social media than we can get, do with God. And we're more distracted than ever, and there's more information coming at us than ever before. Right? More information and more lies that people are able to truss up and make them look really pretty, and more and more people are convinced of just falsehoods in this world. And so it's really hard to know what is true and what is real and what is right. And that's why God has to be our first and number one focus. And the thing that we go to over and over again, and all those other things, they're fine, but don't give them of godly value in your life. Don't put them as a priority. Don't put them where the very first thing that you do in the morning is to check your notifications. I'm speaking to the choir, I do it. (laughs) But I don't think that that's what God wants for our life, right? And when we're distracted, when our focus is off, we create idols. Israel created a golden calf, but we all have them. What is your golden calf? Is it money? Is it time? Is it desire? Good things can be golden calf Success, nothing wrong with being successful, but when it's more important to you than following God, it is a problem. Family, now that may be a shocking one because we always talk about family is a good thing, and family is a good thing. Family absolutely can become an idol and be a bigger priority than God. God never wants to do anything that harms your family or hurts you or hurts the way that y'all interact with each other, but God wants you to put God at the center of your family. So, your family worships God together. Anything we put before our relationship with God and how Jesus is calling us to act in this world is an idol. And once we start building these idols, we put our trust in the wrong thing. I see this over and over and over again. You know, it's political season, and I encourage you to go vote, but I want to remind you not to put your hope in a political party, they're not going to save the world. Jesus is here to save the world. It's important. It's our civic duty to participate. But no party, no Democrat, no Republican, no libertarian, no independent, they don't represent God. Not one of those groups give a lick about what God wants in this world. That's for the church. That's our responsibility. I'm not saying that some of them aren't Christians and do their best to follow God. I'm sure there are. But don't get it distracted. Don't get it twisted. Don't let other things distract you. Don't let other things become more important to you than God because they'll do it. Politicians will get anything to get you to vote for them. It's not just politicians. It could be celebrities. It could be media. It could be anything. They all want you for that to be your primary focus. They want you to listen to them first. In fact, they will define for you what your faith looks like. Resist it at all costs. It is an idol. It is a golden calf. And Do not put your trust in the wrong things. They will let you down 100% of the time. And when we put our trust in the wrong things, we worship the wrong things. Worship is vital. You know, some t- one time, I, you know, I, I'm a person who's passionate about justice, you know, about taking care of the poor, making sure people have clean water, food on their table, a shelter, and so on, uh, you know, on Twitter, of course, was <laughs> like, you know, God doesn't care about you singing praises. God wants you to do those things. And, and, and to some extent, I think that's true. But it is our worship of God that allows us to be the people of God. Because when we worship God, we reflect God's goodness in this world. It's not the other way around. You can't do good things to make yourself like God. You need to worship God with your whole self and your whole heart and your whole mind and everything you are. And the problem is, when we allow those idols to sneak in, and they are very sneaky When those idols sneak in and we get distracted and we give our trust to other things and we start worshiping other things, we start to reflect those things and not God. And that's why we've seen the church do a lot of awful things in the world, because we get distracted. Stop putting your energy and your effort into things that are of this world. Put your energy and your effort into God and your worship, and then you'll begin to live it out through your actions. So what do we do about we, we need to follow people we trust. We need to find the Moseses in the world and not the Aaron's. I'm sorry, Aaron probably just made one mistake. I don't mean to give you too bad a hard time, Aaron, but, but we need to find our Moseses. And we can look at their lives. Do they love God? Do they love neighbor? Do they to follow the Ten Commandments? Do they do their best? That doesn't mean they don't, are perfect and don't make mistakes. No one is mistake free. Do they publicly confess their mistakes and their sins? Those are the leaders we need to follow. Those are the people we put our trust in. We don't need to follow the Aaron's who are quick to jump on a bandwagon just because they're afraid. We need to find the Moseses in this world. Moseses? We need to find Moses in this world. How someone treats other people is absolutely vital in whether or not we should follow them. We also need to have other people in our life who will intercede for us. We need that Moses situation, those people who will go to God for us, those people who will hold us accountable. That's a scary concept. People in our life who we love so much that we have given that responsibility to show up in our life and say, David, I don't think what you're doing is what you've professed to be your belief. We need those folks. We need those folks in our small groups, we need those best friends, we need those one-on-one relationships, we need our pastors like Pastor Jim and Pastor Aaron and Pastor Jim who step in our life and say, hey, I don't don't think you're living the life that you're called to live. We need our friends to step into that role. We need people to pray for us, just like Moses did. Moses goes to God and God literally changes God's mind, Mind mind-blowing that he had that kind of relationship with God. Who are those people for you? Who do you put in your life that you say, will you pray for me? I'm really struggling right now. I'm watching way too much Dallas Cowboys football and listen to podcasts all week long. I need you to pray for me. And I'm really struggling. Who's that person for you? Who do you go to? Who is your Moses? And we need to repent and seek forgiveness when we make mistakes. It's gonna happen, we're gonna do it. Moses himself makes lots of mistakes doesn't even get to go on the promised land. But that is so important, that we have the humility to go before God and say, I've messed up. but I want to do better. And it's a great gift of God's grace that each and every day we get to come back to God, no matter what mistake we've made, and God welcomes, welcomes us home. You know, this is so important, not just our individual lives, but also for the church Because when the church starts creating golden calves, we end up on the wrong side of history. Here's a great example. These are the people of God. They're the ones who just got saved by God, and they're creating golden calves. And I think throughout history, we have seen time and time again that the church is often willing to create golden calves. When we get anything that gets us off the mission of the church, I've been in churches that have knocked down drag-out fights on the color of the carpet because that was so important. Rather than like, how are you out in the world making disciples? How are you inviting people to know who God is? Who are you feeding? They were worried about the carpet <laughs> or the style of music. You know? I've seen, we've seen in the history of churches that the church can com- contribute to a lot of evils in the, in the world. And a lot of it because of idolatry. Connections to money and power rather than focusing on Christ. There are so many shiny distractions in our world, so many things that look like they are good, but if they're not put in their proper place, they'll lead us to a path of destruction. What are your idols? What are you creating? What are you giving eternal value to that really is earthly value? May we as the church turn our eyes to God. May we give our full heart and full mind in worship so we can reflect God in this world and we can live out the life that God has called us to. And stop giving our energy and our love the things that are not of eternal value. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.